0: Welcome to Toppy TV, here is the match preview, the final game of the season. The nerves are kicking in (laughs) everywhere it seems. Mm -hmm. Everton versus Bournemouth, 430 on Sunday at Goodison Park. It's quite simple. The the task is quite simple. Win and Everton secure Premier League status for another season. Joined by Jack. (sighs) It's it shouldn't be this situation again. But it is Jack Everton have to win the final home game to remain in the Premier League.
1: Just can't believe it. We had this same thing last year as a home game. That we really had to win to stay up, and you know that should have been alarm bells ringing. Never let this happen again. And here we are, 12 months later. Massive game. Dead lucky that it always falls on our own game though. <laughs> Against a team
0: like that has nothing to play yeah. for as but well. That, like... we have been seriously that, lucky. Hang on, that fella on Twitter will have this down as a, it's it's a fix by the Premier League. That, that, I mean, last, don't forget, last season we were 2 0 down to Palace. If we'd have lost that game, we were going to Arsenal to basically be delegated, weren't we? If we'd have lost that game, we would we were down. Last
1: year it was essentially an room, just like the Palace
0: is. game was basically it. Last year yeah, we were, it was yeah. the, the Arsenal game's a right off. This year, it's we've got the opportunity to win our home game and stay up. And, Ped, we've said we have been saying that all week in our relegation battle therapy sessions that uh, we the we the took this a few weeks ago that we had to win against hands. and if Nick Pope doesn't make that save on Monday night for Newcastle in injury time, no wonder you. In. No wonder you love the Pope. He's the Pope, mate. He's no wonder you love the. Cat, if that's the power of the Pope, Catholicism, then... the power of the Pope. No, we um, and the million Jodies. No,
2: it's it's listen, it's it's not what we not what we would have wanted in terms of um, our lives. Um, yeah. But to to we went into the last we went into the last few weeks saying, if we get to Wolves and we we get to Bournemouth and we're still in it, then that's good. Mm-hmm. Now we've gone into the we're going into the last game of the season and it's completely in our hands. Yeah. Completely. Yes. People can look at the game Newcastle, Leicester, and go, "Well, if only Newcastle had won, then we don't really need a point." But that's a dangerous mentality as well because it's great going. Oh, we don't need a point, and well, yeah, but what if Le- Leeds won't beat Spurs, and then suddenly Leeds are two up against Spurs, and mm. suddenly you've got to change. Every mentality. Everton have got to win. We we know that the players know that. We've got to get ourselves to thirty six points, and it's done if we do our part, nothing else, there's no doesn't matter what the drama anywhere else and that's it. Mm. And that's to me almost that's like a comforting thing, isn't it? It's like it gets rid of all the equations, all those other equations mm. of you get pointing and they do this and they do that. No. We win our game of footy and nothing else matters. And mm. um it's listen, it's it's been a horrible season. It's been a season that could have been it could be almost predicted from the summer you know the, the, what we saw when we were out in America and and what people predicted for the club and there was a lot of doom and gloom about Frank Lampard and being the first sacked and everything and it's to be fair it's played out in many ways like that but he wasn't the first sacked he probably should have been one of the first few sacked um, and the, 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 the solace i take is I look at this Everton team at the moment and I do think they've got a little bit of something about them that it is concerning about who's available, and who's not available, but I I do take solace that there's there are a few there's a few little characters in there you're right, think when the chips are down will could rise to the occasion.
0: Jack, I mean, Pet just Yeah, has just hit the nail on the head there. Is about the season being obviously horrible and a disaster. And it was almost um, knowing you, like you get to the summer and. and the new seasons approaching and when we were your age it would have been can we can we win something can we win the league can we do but obviously <laughs> times have changed or but you get you'd have that optimism in the summer don't you can we have a better season what can
1: we go on what to can we do now
0: exactly and all that but it was almost we were in that summer period and because we'd lost for who and he was the chief goal scorer for us we knew we needed to add goals in it because obviously Dominic calvert Luna hadn't had a great season in terms of being injured, you know, with his injuries and everything. We were looking for that goal replacement because the truth is, even if Richarlison would have stayed, we would have needed another influx of goals anyway. We need
1: to improve on what we Exactly, anyway. the team
0: didn't score enough goals and yet we didn't replace him and then Dom got injured. So we eventually we went from needing, definitely needing one if Richarlison stayed, to Dom getting injured and needing two. And we only brought Neil and who didn't. That didn't fill loads of people with lots of confidence we were almost on the back foot right from the work goal last season maybe yeah or well, this season i mean this season
1: standing still in itself is bad because you can expect the teams behind you mm. to want to move forward mm. so then to arguably move backwards and you know, we did bring in McNeil, and you know if he hadn't overperformed in terms of scoring goals, goals mm. which you know he's never got this type of goal tally mm. before mm. and i don't think he was brought in expecting them to get this sort of goal. Tag. He thought he was a decent player to add because he's got his strengths and his abilities. Mm-hmm. But he was never really meant to be our goal scorer and saviour, and now he's our top scorer. <laughs> yeah. And if he hadn't performed for us, especially the last few weeks, it's the awful. way he has, a think would mm-hmm. be. And that's not because McNeil's blew everyone away, but he stood out in a very poor squad, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. So to, for him and Malpay, two players who've never been career goal scorers, you know, mm. I know Maupe got a good record in the championship a number mm. of years ago, but ever since then he's been the one who at Brighton, and everyone says, oh, if Brighton just had a proper striker, mm. they'd be onto good things, mm. and he was the striker that they had, and everyone was saying <laughs> yeah, Brighton, need yeah. a real striker. So, yeah, it was a mad one, and I feel like a lot of us just sort of skipped that summer optimism that we'd mm. normally get. Obviously, you'd still get a few, remember, speaking to people who thought we'd get top half if everyone stayed fit. This I think and... you know
2: what, though.
0: Sorry, Pet, just go where on. you're going, but I, I do feel like if Don would have been, I know, and people can scream at the, the whatever you're watching it on here, and go, well, it was never going to happen, but you had to hope that he was going to stay fit. And if he would have stayed fit, I think Everton would have been halfway up. I really do. I think we proved at times in the past few weeks that when he's there, the team isn't isn't that bad. But our attacking options, and you're absolutely right that we were. I remember Pet saying a few weeks ago we need someone to step up and take the mantle and it has been Dwight McNeil fair play to him started the first half of the season he was poor he was Sean has even said the same thing a fella who gave him his debut but since Dites come in he's got better and better and better and he's weighed in with these goals and so much so that we missed them higher up the pitch against Wolves didn't we because he was having to play so far back so hopefully on Sunday and we'll get onto to that in a minute he'll be a bit higher up the pitch but we, we have needed someone to take that mantle
2: it, it has just been one thing after the other. And Paird, again, complete, <coughs> completely. Can, I, can the, I just go back to the Dominic well, Amaloon point? Because yeah. I think it's really interesting. We're going to look at the whole season in a way. It's that well, <sighs> Mo, Mo Pai, when he signed, had a record of not too similar, dissimilar to Richarlison when he played for Brighton. Mm. Eight, nine, ten goals a season. The problem is, all season... We have stuck to this idea that Dominic carvaloon was on the way back literally all the yeah. time. So we have not evolved the team to play in a style that helps Mopai playing. Mm. So the style has always been to play for Dominic Carvalhoon when he was but when he wasn't playing. Times, so yeah. you go along stretches. Six, seven games, eight games, whatever it was without Dominic carvaloon even more. Where you weren't playing to Mopai's strength and I feel sorry for Mopai in a way yeah. that once again we brought a player in who isn't anything like Don, but never played to his strengths once, even though we knew that we'd have large stretches of time. What are his strengths though? His strengths is coming deep, taking the ball, and then uh, you know either turning or starting the attack deeper, and then other people running past them. Now, we don't have a team set it's up for that. So that's that's the biggest problem. But the problem is, you buy a player like that and you know you're going to play him for large stature, you better play to that lads then. Mm. And we haven't. So we've been stuck in this Dominic Cavaloon limbo all season of waiting for him to come back. Mm. And the simple truth is, we'd be better without him because we, we'd be better moving on from. He's a fantastic player. And I don't hold him any any personal responsibility for his injuries. Because I think he's wants to be as fit as he possibly can. But this is a football club that couldn't look past them. And, and it's, co- it's caught us out massively. And we said la- said in the first week of the season, when there's still time, you need to go and get a Dominic Calvary replacement. And that did not mean going by a £60 million striker, by the way. That was saying... We need a guy up front that we can rely on for the whole of the season. And when Dom comes back, fine, we can put him in. But the pressure's been on Dom all season to come back, come back, come back because of that. And that's why we find ourselves where we are. We could have bought a player with maybe a similar skill set but nowhere as good. Or someone who didn't have any skill set near him, but you've honed your team to play for that one player. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is awful recruitment and management by everyone involved because they've gone... Oh this fella's the this fella, he'll be back soon, he'll be back soon. And we've completely destroyed our season and, and actually our best player using that kind of absolutely um sure, foolish sorry. mindset. I was gonna say is 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 Kevin Fellwell and the recruitment team to
0: blame here as well as Frank Lampard because he was in the building when we had a situation with Garassi, who was now playing for Stuttgart, who basically his team in France allowed him not to train for four days because Everton had done the deal. And for whatever reason, it got pulled at the last minute. Now, he's not amazing, don't get me wrong, but he's six foot three and strong and powerful. 26 years of age, can move he's, he can move around the pitch. He's good in the air. Very similar to how Don we Nick would Calvary play to and Dominic Calderon. Dominic, Calvary. Dominic a better player, than Let's have it right. But what that would have enabled us to do, and he was 11 million, I think, Everton had done the deal at or 11 and a
1: half. So about the same. So similar
0: to for only just suited Everton more. because, And this is a player as well, by the way, that if Dominic Lewin would have then come back fully fit, it wouldn't have been a big uproar if he would have then moved to being mm. on the bench as well. And also, you could have managed them through that then and gone right. We're giving Dom yeah. seventy minutes, then he's off. Or Garassi's yeah, yeah. playing the first we've hour. Got a midweek and game. We've got a game, yeah. whatever it is and develop the both, because that would have been like for like. And yeah, Ped's right in a way. We've people are having a go with Maupai. Malpai, for me, is an issue for the simple reason that he's not. He doesn't stay up front anyway. So he's like he's almost like a number ten. No, he is. And he's if, a if a Frank Lampard tracker. would have said. We've brought Neil Mopay in to play with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He's going to drop off him. I'd have gone, oh, all right, I kind of, I kind of understand what the thinking is. But he, he said to us when we interviewed him, he said to Sky, he said to Everton TV, no, that's not the plan. So you can't go with an out ball to Dom in the air one week and then up, play the same out ball to a lad who's my size and expect me to be winning at the centre-backs of six foot three and four. It, to me, that is bizarre planning, and, and that's one thing that has got to change in Everton football.
1: There's nothing wrong with having a plan B and a different style of play, but we never mm. got that. We got the player for it. Mm. And, you know, you can say maybe he wouldn't even be great if we had that style. Maybe he'd, he'd get seven goals, mm. but that'd be six more than he has. <laughs> yeah. That could mean a hell of a lot more points for Everton mm. if we'd done that. Or, like you say, we go and sign a striker with a similar profile to Tom, and then. We have our style of play and we can replicate it even if our best striker isn't available. Mm. And You mentioned Kevin Fellwell, and Fellwell's one I'm very unsure on because obviously Wolves, when he was uh, their director of football, they made some very good signings, but you've got to wonder about his involvement in them, how many but of them Mendes were agents. Yeah? Would Fellwell have signed them if he had the chance? Would he have liked to sign them anyway, but would he have not been able to if Mendes wasn't bringing them in? And then the other thing for me is as well we've had two directors of football before them Mm. and now they both came with their own faults we can acknowledge that but we also know that they also had their abilities hampered by our board they weren't always allowed to do their job the way they wanted and you've got i think can three different directors of football really all be wrong can they all Mm. be that bad and maybe they could and it's something time will probably tell us and you know if things change on the board and then maybe we'll be able to clearly see Felwell's influence more but it
0: it is don't you think though it's mad and and you're not disagreeing by the way you that sometimes when I've said this about players when managers have failed so many times it's like is it always the manager then is it really always the manager because some of these players have had seven eight managers so and we've had all different kinds of managers so I think sometimes John mm. blame off saying it doesn't businesses fail managers but is it a situation where you're looking and going about the likes of Kevin Fellwell and saying, well, was he saying, does this play... Well, we know Deng was another one. You know, he's, he's over six foot. Everton had done the deal with him and it got pulled. It was He'd agreed he was getting on a plane. and it got pulled the next morning. And as it happened, he ended up failing the medical at Leeds anyway and has gone off to Marseille or wherever he's gone now. But but is it, a, is it like one of those um, things at Everton where... Kevin Fellwell, Dan Perdy, whoever it may be, says we've got this player here, Ibrahim um, Singari, Ibrahim Singari. I know that was Brands was there, but or Brands say we want to buy him, buy. and someone on the board goes, "Nah, he's not played in the Premier League." Do, do we? Do we believe that? Where's that coming from? Is it? A, is it the manager? Do you think he's saying that, or is it? Is it a board member? Is it Farad Mashiri? Because I can't believe I. I sit here and me and Andy the Piv have done it loads of times and we do it now, or I'll just I'll be having a chat with Ped or whatever and go, Seeing this kid here in Austria, looks really good and he's only available for this, this, this. And I can come up with players and, and I've done loads, loads of players on here who haven't could have ball for a fraction of the price and they've gone on and done really well. Sangari being one of them, 8 million quid, talking 40 million for him. I can't believe everton's recruitment team with all the money with all the resources they've got and all the data and all the professionals that are there aren't talking about the same people i'm talking about i'm not having it they quite clearly are and quite clearly know everyone so yeah. what is stopping that from them identifying say three strikers who was over six foot right what's stopping it there and here when they join everton what's broken in the middle
1: well, I think you could go back in time over the periods of a few years and pick out five great players that you've mentioned or someone else has mentioned that Everton should sign and that they have been in port and that would have been good signings. I think you could pick out five players that have probably all been vetoed by five different people over time. Mm-hmm. For one player, you might get the manager saying, I don't want him, he's not my style, I want to play football this way. Another time, you could get the owner saying, no, we want someone with a slightly bigger name, mm-hmm. maybe... Bill Kenwright, for example, says, oh, no, what about Premier League experience? Yeah. Maybe one of them's a younger lad who maybe goes into the under-21s for a year first. And David Unsworth says, no, I not my style. I don't want him. I think because we don't have a clear-defined structure, there's probably a lot of people saying different things. Well, that, and yeah. over time, we've seen a few get turned away by different people.
2: There's too many cooks, yeah. isn't there? There's just too many cooks at the football clubs, too many people who think they know what they're doing. And they clearly don't. You got people you've got the old structure with bill Kenwright. you've got the Macheri coming in with his ideas you've got his people in his ear telling him then you've got the directors of football then you've got what the managers want you've got no you've got no defined system we have to change that Where the new club the clubs now you know brighton there's one be, man in charge he will be bored of talking about brighton book because and i understand the thing of like well it's brighton this year and it was Leicester last year or whatever it doesn't really matter it's like most cl- someone like brighton or brentford let's just use those as an example they have a defined way of doing things and you don't ever hear. There's no chaos, there's no drama. Mm. If they fail, they fail because football fails sometimes. You know, you don't win a game of football because of this, so you don't win a game of football. Or they simply simply the player they went after just hasn't worked out the way it is. You know, But there's a defined way of doing things and you look at how things get better at those clubs every year because the system's working better and because they've got more experience being in the Premier League and they're attracting the players that they actually want, Whereas, it should never be, like Jack just said, five different people having five opinions, you know, an a, 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 an agent pushing a player on you, and you end up with this situation where no one understands, you know, when manager comes in, oh, I want to attract this manager, oh, I'll just tell him that actually he's he's got the power. Rafa Benicia's come in and brought his own recruitment team in. When we had a director of football who, was just, who had just signed a new contract, and slap in the face for them whether you like them or not mm. you're basically saying you're powerless man's come out and said man's come out and basically said I was put on garden leave the day Rafa has come in and it was like I didn't have the agree. I didn't have the agreement the, the problem <coughs> with that started when he sacked Marco Silva and it was him again it was the owner sacking a guy um, without the permission of his director of football it's like this we are at the bottom now we're at the very bottom and all we can hope for in this this is a match preview by the way all we can hope for when we go actually in this match is is that if everton survive that this is the turning point Mm. the turning point should have been 12 months ago it really should have been they should have been resignations the day after the arsenal game Mm. but we were all exhausted and i think a lot of people got themselves to believe that that was the start of something because of the unity within the club because people liked um, Frank Lampard but what it actually yeah, but it wa- been fractured but what it was Belita was or... it was just Emperor's new clothes though it was it wasn't real mm. just because you like a manager and he gets he gets the part out doesn't mean anything's changed and the club played on that and that's another reason they all need to go is because they are they they abuse the fan base by they use that against us and they're still using it against us. These images of of um of of the fans outside the ground and the pitch invasions while telling you not to do any of these things. They use us all the time, and and obviously that all comes ahead in 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 January. They tried to use us for one other thing, mm-hmm. um, and that that all this is now we are at the we're, we're at we're at the bottom. If we stay in the Premier League, as in, this is our lowest, I Mm. think. We can look up. But obviously, if we don't win, if things go badly, then we've got another set of depths to drop into. And that's why this game is so important. Mm. But people have to understand that. This didn't happen by accident. Last year you can go, oh that happened by accident, Carlo went, and this happened, and that happened, and we got all these injuries. And how did we know that Dominic Carvin Loon with Charleston, mm. this player, that player, fallout with Dean, all this was going to happen? How do yeah, we know? Man. You can accept that for one season, mm. but for two seasons, this this is like this is when people talk about like a managed decline. This is managed decline. Whether this is, you know, mm. you sell your best players, you play some with mm. worst players. What do you think's of gonna course, happen? Yeah. This
0: is what happens. Moving on to Sunday, Come it, is on. A, it is a match preview. Um, <laughs> it is a, it's a, obviously, it's a huge game. One big issue is obviously Dominic Calvary, we just spoke about him before, but he, he limped off before half-time, he's out the game and all that. So what, what would you be doing in the, the forward position, Jack? Is, is it Maupai? Is it Ellis Sims, who's obviously hasn't started the game at Goodison Park all season? Or is it Damari Gray, who, who the manager turned to a, you know, a few months ago?
1: probably i'm looking towards DeMari gray i would like to see sims in there mm-hmm. i don't think i should play him but also you've got the side of well you know maybe you want someone who's a little bit more experienced than yeah. the team for this game so i do take that so i think DeMari gray for me probably is the option if not sims is the break glass in terms of emergency to bring on as well i'd definitely bring them on before malpay but for me i'm looking at probably DeMari gray up front and i'm asking mm-hmm. to corey to Keeping that advanced midfield mm. role, yeah. be less sloppy on the ball than he was last week, yeah. but you know make his runs into the box almost play as a second striker at times because mm. that's what he's good at.
0: Well, that's I mean, Peddy has he has popped up with some important goals of late. The Corey and he is mm. he is hot and cold, and you see that with him. <laughs> but he is probably the only one of our midfield players who's likely to break into yeah. the box. And, and get I think the what he something.
2: gives you is he gives you um, that physical ball at times so if you know mm-hmm. that he's gonna to have to he's gonna to have to be more advanced. I think what's important is they've known no all week that Dominic Cameroon wouldn't be ready for yeah, this game. Yeah. So therefore they can look at different ways. To me that would be Damari Gray. Um he I'd put him up front. I just don't think Ellis Sims is is, is, is got what, what is needed for mm-hmm. the game. I mean if he wants to prove me wrong on Sunday, he can happily prove oh, me wrong. Yeah. But I think Damari Gray having an out-ball that could stretch them and stretch stretch them so that the Corey can fill that space and then maybe be the outball when we need it. Um we've had Domari Gray's played up front before and has worked hard and been he has actually been selfless, which is um people have remarked maybe not one of his great straights. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I d I don't I think what Dominic Carvalhoon has brought us was the ability to bring other players into the into the games without scoring goals himself. Because mm. he hasn't really scored Don't goals. On, didn't um, yeah, and that's what you need. You need centre-forward who's, who's going to occupy. And then that allows those spaces to open up for a mm. and or a McNeil or, or a Wobie or whatever. And that's what's going to be needed. And we just have to... We have to put ourselves in a in a place on Sunday where we're, 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 we're dominating, we're swarming. We're, we're, we're not giving them any, any breath. Mm. But So that... That actually means that you're not playing one up front. That mm. means you're dominating and that means that you've got the corey pushed we, on. We've thought, I mean, we have done this, haven't yeah. we? You know, Brentford at home
0: was one I can think off the top of my head when we didn't have Dominic Calvaloon. And that first half, the game should have been put to bed. We yeah. absolutely destroyed Brentford. Second half was a different story and we were hanging on a bit, but the first half we should have put the game to bed. Villa at home, first half, should have put the game to bed and didn't they too? You know, Fulham, once we equalised, we had the chance to put the game to bed and we didn't, and then it's flipped and that's what we've got to get right Sunday. What else, though, er, Jack, Obviously, no right-back. Obviously, Patterson's out, Coleman missing. Ben Godfrey's touch and go, but whether or not you think... It, is there a situation... Because it, it looks like... It looks like Michalenko's got a chance of a good chance of being back, which means that we've got a left-back again. But on the right, what are you thinking here? Is it Mason Holgate? Is it Connor Cody to play a little bit out of position? Or is it a case of because Damari Gray's going to play up, um, if Michalenko's back, Dwight McNeil can go back to where he's been, which is on the left? That means that it's either a Wobey or, or James Garner in the middle. If Onana comes back into the side, I mean, he started last week, he's got options, hasn't he? Because obviously James Garner went and played right wing back and right back for a bit last week. Does he go James Garner, a right back, and a Wobey right midfield? Or what would you be doing there?
1: I wouldn't personally be against seeing Garner there again. I think he did okay. alright against Wolves. Mm. The only other option you're looking at is hard does that affect the middle of the pitch especially if Ticoori is pushing up. Obviously you've got Gway in there and maybe Onana comes mm. back in as well. And the other option is to play a Wobey there and ask him to play as once players a right wing back but then maybe you're operating with less width because you mm. don't have a Willoughby on the wing. Mm. And if we're talking about stretching Bournemouth and making the entire pitch count and you know suffocating them off the ball having players in every position to press their full back, stop them getting the ball out. I do think you probably do need a Wobey up there in a wide position. Mm. I can do that from wing back or on mm. the wing. But I think the safer bet is probably a be at right wing back and I probably would go James Garner mm. at a right wing back again and go a Wobie right wing.
0: So mm. right back and right wing yeah in yeah. A four. Yeah. What would you what are you that you from Davis?
2: Tom Davis right back? Come off the
0: hour. Okay. Come off the deep if he's not
2: fit which he might
0: not be fit according to Sean Dyke.
2: Break my heart, yeah. What
0: would you do at right back? Or would you go Mason to three at the back? Play Mason would you? Just play go for more Allgate. solid
2: Holgate. I play Mason Holgate. Um mm. I think I think, you know, listen, they they, they um they've got they've got pace wide haven't mm. typically. Um just junior Stannis, last please don't play. Um, obviously goal against us Always <laughs> scores against us no, I, I Honestly I'd just play Mason Orgay. There is a temptation to go to 3 And I get that Because Cody's available But even on Saturday When he could have gone to a 3 He didn't go to 3 With mm. Keen coming on the pitch So I'd put Mason Orgay right back Mikhailenko hopefully Drops in at left back And we can keep things How we want them Then we've got So what are you doing in midfield then Because
0: obviously Omnana was in last week And James Garner mm. Playing different And um, Cause Dwight McNeil was fed up actually. You've got it. No, it is a make.
2: difficult one. That I don't. I don't think you need to overthink that. Mm. I don't yeah. think we need to overthink it. I mm. think it's either Garner or or O'Nana. I don't yeah. think there's. I don't think we can sit here and really, you know, people are. I, I can see people looking at James Garner. But I'm being reliably informed this week that his stats are no different from Tom Davis's. But yet, yeah, when he plays, there's a stature to him. I understand that. He, he, he uses busy. the ball well. Yeah, but that's the word though. Busy. Busy yeah. can be something that isn't real at times in football. I think I think Onana, but stats
0: can't pick up the intangibles. Don't
2: no, but either. but 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 sometimes the intangibles don't actually mean anything. It, that's the point. Onana can look sometimes like he's absolutely terrible, and then he's he, you know his you look at his look, like. you look at his stats and his stats look great like because mm. he's winning tackles, he's keeping the ball, but he's playing at his own pace. So Onana gives you that physical element, and that might be needed because there's no Dominic Alvin Lewin. Mm. So I, as well. I think it's a flip of, flip of a coin, it's what it's whatever. Listen, we can't sit and go well. We un- we understand what what. Well, what the tactics are going to be, and that will come down. That will come down to what the manager decides on, decides tactically. Well, let's.
0: Let, I mean, this is the Everton team that started at Mollingue last week, and obviously, uh, obviously, that's going to change this week because we don't have um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and we don't have Nathan Patterson. It will be on in a sec. I think there we go. Uh, Patterson, Mina, Tarkovsky, McNeil, Garner, O'Nana, K, the uh, calvert Calvert-Lewin. So we know two of them. Are gonna be out, which is Patterson and Calvert-Lewin, and that was a, a four-five-one um, formation. But then quickly changed to, and ended up being I don't know what kind of I formation. formation. I don't chaos. think we, did. we just we did it was chaos. It was like a, uh, it was like a what was it? Hail Mary was it? in the American football? Yeah. John Madden's yeah, yeah. when you just caused mayhem. It was like that. Uh, but if we look at Bournemouth, this is their side from last week's game against Manchester United to see how they lined up. Uh, Neto and goal Smith Zabarani Sonesi Kelly, uh, David Brooks great to see him back, uh, Lewis Cook, Christy Lerma, Anthony, and Anthony there, and then obviously Solanke as a long striker. And then they have got players on the bench who can cause you yeah. problems as well, absolutely. They can, but you know, they had gone back to they played almost a four or five on the times, they played three this year, so we, you know, we don't know what we're going to get from them. I'm not going to say. These are on the beach because they probably won't be. But what I would say is where Everton maybe can exploit it with the crowd and with the players' mindset is that no matter what, Bournemouth won't be at a hundred percent because you you've seen at the last they've lost the last three league games since they were safe. Clock out? It isn't. It isn't a case of it's not like a thing. You're going, oh lads, this doesn't matter today. Don't worry. No professional team, I don't think, does that question Everton sometimes but no team does that but what you what you sometimes struggle to get when you're a team with nothing to play and we've seen this a lot in those Mm. heady days when Everton last few games didn't mean anything is your team can just drop below the required levels and if you're playing against a team who has got it all to play for and is fighting and scrapping for everything they're the team that normally comes out on top and that I think that's what Everton have got to I've got to hone in on on Sunday. And I think the crowd will make it like that. But that's what we've got to look at. Because I don't think it'll be flip-flop time for Bournemouth. But we have got to squeeze that extra 2 or 3% out of ourselves. That could get us over the lines. Because these aren't aren't Man City, are they?
1: No. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think they've actually been losing games since before they were mathematically safe. Mm. I think you know they they, were they safe. got a win. They bat they After leads, the lead, they, mean, they were they effectively got... safe, but mm. I think they needed the point against Chelsea to confirm it. Yeah, and yeah, then they yeah, lost yeah. that yeah, day, well, so they've yeah. lost yeah. the last three. Obviously, not flip flop time. Mm. The no. professionals, mm. and as have said on the live before, under all as well. There might be a couple of players featuring here who may be looking at a move in the summer, maybe mm-hmm. rotates the squad slightly, or there's players looking to impress for next season. Mm-hmm. David Brooks started his first Premier League game in a number of years uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's going to want to build fitness, he's want to yeah. get back on track, and he's going to want to be in the team every week next year. And he's a very good player, very talented player. And I don't think they're just going to roll over for us at all, because no. why would they? But what we can do is we can reach greater levels of desire than mm. they can because we have something to play for. Yeah. They have three points to play for. We have one of the biggest games in our history to play for, yeah. which is where we can get that advantage. And that can also create nervous energy as well, and that has to be managed. But if we would handle it right and we use it correctly and we play the style of football, we're all saying that Everton should play really suffocate them that'll go in perfectly with what we're mm. predicting the atmosphere will be like mm. in a hostile atmosphere for Bournemouth when in a situation where they don't really have much to yeah. gain
0: no I mean and we can look at this I know it was at the end of the covert season but and they ended up going down that day but they came to Goodison knowing that they won they had an outside chance. Well, they had a chance of staying up until Jack Grealish, I think it was, scored for Villa and kept them up. Mm. But they beat us 3-1. We were at the end of the season, on Carlo's first on season. Beach. We couldn't do nothing.
1: On the beach, right? But it was
0: a game we thought we'd win at home against the team going that. We had a good, a decent side and all that. We took the lead, or, or no, we equalised, Moiskeen mm, equalised. But we ended up losing the game 3-1 and... Sadly for them, they were still relegated, but their desire that day mm. meant it was they a bit a more than team. us, and they beat a better team, as we were halfway up, so we were a better set that day with that desire. And We have to harness that the other way this week, don't we? We have to be the ones with the crowd baying for blood, making it uncomfortable for them. We've seen mm. the Crystal Palace players saying it was horrific playing at Goodison last season, it was horrible Our last 10 minutes. They just wanted to get off the pitch because they were what's going to happen here and that they will feel it in the crowd and that energy obviously was the other way with the Everton players who grew and wanted to win we have to be on that right from the
2: start on Sunday and the Everton pet have got to feed into that haven't they the players got to make sure what we we got to make sure we don't burn ourselves out of it I think Sunday as well we don't the emotions don't overpower us yeah. as fans as well it's going to be uh it's not a. It's not going to be, be a hot. It's not going to be a nice well. experience. It's going to be a hot day. About We've got to make sure with the emotions just don't get on top of the players mm. as well, and just try and play the game. Just try and play the game like it's, you know, like the managers told them to stick mm. to a game plan. Don't 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 get it. You know, don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything. Don't react to anything stupid for the fans. Whether there's noise or or whatever it's 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 about their game plan it's mm. about being professional well, that's all it comes down to mm. um yeah the difficulty is the players ever in a mission mm. it's not a case of going oh my god these are amazing it's a look at it and going we've struggled our own to score goals what how can we change that but they've had a whole whole week to work on that haven't they they'll have known Dominic caroline got injured saturday
1: they'll have known all week so we have to look at other ways how can we get it behind Bournemouth, and that—that's the key. The thing is, as well, what you mentioned there about temperament being important, and you know, managing the expectations mm. and the emotions. That is why personally, and I left Mason Hallgate out when I went through right back. I don't know if his temperament suited yeah, to the game. Yeah, maybe,
2: maybe, maybe. But he's still an experienced player. He, he's twenty-seven, isn't yeah. it, in it. he's an experienced player who at, at Gullison Park, I, I, I think. You'll know he's got to have his head on it, but you might be right. You might be. It's just that there aren't a, there aren't amazing options. We're not blessed with yeah. options. You know, we're not blessed. We? With, he's the only one I look at who, who actually ha, has a, played right back. Right started back. his career at right back. Mm-hmm. Knows how to play right back. The others done all right under Carlo. Yeah, right and the others are just filling in, aren't they? And mm-hmm. that's that's the problem. Or you change the shape. Mm-hmm. As I said, I'm not someone. I'm not going to sit here and go. Oh, you've you've got it completely wrong. The ma- you've got to you've got to have an element of trust in your manager. Especially when the play you haven't got players. So. And the, the
0: two big things for me are one, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't actually matter what's going on this season for this game. No. Whether you point. think Everton can score goals or they can't or whatever. We we, we got two goals of Forest without Dominic Alvareon, we've got two goals of Stamford Bridge without <laughs> Dominic Alvareon. We can score goals without them. We have we've had to for most of the season. The lads got two goals all season, oh double what Neil Maupai's got and he's played like quarter of the games but he's got it we'll get chances and we will get chances and it's can be we, and we're going to have to take them we went down to Brighton the other week albeit with Dom but he didn't score a goal and we took five chances we almost had another one but which kicked off the line so we know we can score goals so we've got to we've got to believe that nothing else matters once that whistle goes no, whatever's happened in the season doesn't matter Adelaide Corey could get an Attrick or Alex Iwobi could score it doesn't really matter it's about that 90-odd, well, it'll be 100 minutes because referees love the all-injury time mm. with us, don't they? So it'll be that. And for that period, we've all, as a fan base, have got to be on it, the players have got to be on it and get through that. And if we can do that, we can win the game. And then, obviously, for me personally, I hope when we're successful at the weekend, there isn't a pitch invasion. There is everyone stays where they are. And then we do whatever. Yeah. We, we celebrate a reliefness. And then people can either chant about the board or they can go and have a pint with the mates or they can whatever, whatever, whatever. We just keep it managed but within the ground because I honestly, the Premier League are looking for anything and the papers, the press are looking for anything to throw at us still. They They love all that. So uh, let's, let's, hopefully for me, and it's only my opinion, not telling people what to do, but I hope we do keep a lid on it as in we stay where we are be noisy and vociferous and everything, but to stay where we are. And I think if we'd play it that way, certainly the first part of that, definitely we treat it like a cup fan, to one-off, nothing matters, support everyone if, O'Nana, oh, it's two passes out of play. So we, if we knock it back to Pickford and he shanks it out for a throw-in, still stick behind them because it's our football club. Some of these players who you might want to berate might walk out the door in three weeks and it, and ever might just be a thing that, was in their life it's it is us it's our lives isn't it and we have to remember that
1: but there's a chance for one of these players to be a hero yeah as well absolutely. for one of them to be someone people tell the kids about in a few years time when when O'Nana nana kept stuck, us up yeah, when, it, it. when he stood, stood up, up and was counted, he Yeah. he was counted and he, mm. he led by example and mm. he played well and whether that's O'Nana or well, someone or like him yeah
0: someone like him there's a lot of noise around him that he'll move he might move on in the summer well, if that's gonna be the case, then be the kid that steps up, like yeah, you said, people, drags I it. Know. Get yourself a couple of goals and go like the Charleston did last season, score the goal that keep you up and then go, There you go, that was for mm. you. Like, I've
1: gave you everything. That was there, for you. I'm, like that's me done now, but mm. I've gave, I've gave you everything I had mm. and you know, that worked to both of us. Now
0: I'm gonna Yeah, he another one, isn't he? It'll be his last game for that's Everton been, on yeah. Sunday come up and and he has give everything don't
1: go out like this
0: go out with a big bang score a couple of goals and keep a clean sheet go out that way you know what I mean Mm. be a hero Um, and hopefully this is the hopefully this is the start of better times for Everton football but it's a huge game Mm. it's a tough game it's going to be horrible you know, hopefully, from our perspective, Spurs and the Charleston plays another big role in us mm. staying up and goes and does the business at Alan Row. Hopefully, David Moyes. Declan Rice, it's your last game. Big Declan. Declan last Rice. Game Rice. West Ham.
2: Declan Rice. Go on. Can you hear me? <laughs>
0: Declan Rice. Go and do the biz for them, Michael
2: sony I've always thought you are a boss. Great player. Play. Danny Ings, great fella. do get yourself. Danny Ings by signing for West Ham and Norris saves us. Saves us, do we? David Charles and
0: Bournemouth and Dan Juma. Dan do you imagine another one. Yeah. I didn't want to come to Everton because I thought I'd affect it yeah. more. Oh, by not playing for Everton. He up. was born ready. He was born ready. Yeah, that's what he, that's said. what he said. And Bournemouth, listen, you should have had a great season. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. We'll clap you off the pitch. We will clap you. Done brilliantly. Enjoy no it. Phones. No phones.
2: No phones. Don't put any tackles No in. phones in anyone's faces. Let pages. us have a
0: couple of goals and yeah. just go, there
2: you go, boys. We're all off,
0: all over the globe now chilling in our, our slides So have a great summer. With our socks on. With the socks on and the cans there you go let us know what you think in the comments section below can everton do it can everton do it please please give us a video a thumbs up subscribe if you haven't and if you want to continue with our relegation battle therapy groups lives uh, every day become a trophy tv premium member why wouldn't you the link is in the description qr code will be on the screen now take it easy bye